there's so many different options and mixes and it was just good to yeah look at just chuck it all in see what's going to work for us it can be really challenging to make big changes to the way that you farm this is a story of two growers looking to change practice around mixed species cover crops before potatoes in tasmania in 2019 it's a story of the value of on-farm trials the way they can lower the risk and increase the speed of changes on farm Welcome to this podcast from Soil Wealth and Integrated Crop Protection, a Hort Innovation Project. So Rebecca Addison and Yuri Wolfert are members of a grower group called Soil First Tasmania. And with funding support from Landcare Tasmania, Soil First have been helping their members host farm trials. And you can find more details on the Soil Wealth website and the Soil First Tasmania Facebook page. But let's head back to Moriarty in northwest Tasmania where I asked Rebecca why she decided to host a farm trial. So, I guess we're sort of starting at the very start of looking at cover cropping and what a better way to kind of get our heads around different species and different planting rates in terms of our cropping rotations and when when we wanted to get ground ready or that kind of thing with a you know, and be able to have Soil First involved and people visiting our trial to give us some of their thoughts and insights on what they're seeing and what their experiences are. What was the main priority you were trying to learn about? What was the main thing you were addressing with the cover crops? We're wanting to improve our soil health overall. And there's just, you know, there's all this information now about how um, plants help you do that by capturing carbon and also by then feeding the soil biology so the more diversity we have entering our soil system hopefully the more microbial diversity we can add to our system to improve our carbon our soil aggregate stability our humic levels all that kind of stuff just to to feed our biology and to create a more living system well we've been using just ryegrass as a cover crop um in you know after our summer plantings and just to have something in the ground over the winter so it's not fallow and we're just wanting to increase some more diversity into our cropping rotation particularly for before potatoes even adding a bit of nitrogen getting some of that from the atmosphere and into our soil. I asked Rebecca who was also an agronomist and so no stranger to conducting trials about the value of being in the grower group Soil First Tasmania. Being part of Soil First would have has definitely helped us to do this the trial as we've done it I think if we hadn't been involved in that we probably would have just looked at lesser options and maybe sort of just done you know a half a paddock trial or something instead of the um, level that we've gone down to. Of course things don't always go smoothly especially in the real world of the paddock. The checkerboard trial design used at the Addisons comes with a few complexities and there were a few issues. I'll let Rebecca explain. We did notice because we did have smaller um, plot areas, when we we're getting the mounds ready, um, we, you know, whether our full oats and full ryegrass plots were, they, there was a lot of residue still on the ground. So as we were mounting um, and planting our potatoes, a lot of that residue dragged into other plots, which made it then hard to give a really true assessment of um, how those different treatments did affect the potato growth because you know, 
one plot kind of interacted with another plot at that planting point. So in hindsight, maybe we should have done it a bit bigger for looking at yield and potato response. But it gave us, as I said before, it gave us management ideas and rate ideas. So we still got a lot out of it anyway on that front. Yuri Wolfert is another young cropping grower in northwest Tasmania. He and his family have been using cover crops before potatoes for a long time, but like the Addisons, have been hearing about the value of diversity and wanted to check it out for themselves on their own place. So, trying to improve harvestability and the soil health general soil health in the meantime. Yuri's trial was a bit different to the Addison's in that they abandoned the checkerboard design and laid out seven very large plots across the entirety of their potato cropping area. We just fast-tracked what we had in mind to, uh, to give a try already, but and then just do it in the one field instead of over many years of trying. Still not entirely free of hiccups. I don't, yeah, well, other than that we broke the mulcher, but (laughs) that was going to happen anyway, I think. Was it breaking related to the volume of biomass that you were mulching? Was it an unusual Um, amount or was it just an old bit of gear? It's not an old bit of gear. It was the, the amount of biomass and the imbalance that we had in it from... Uh, finding rocks in our fields. Yeah. Um, it was a worry. Like, are we gonna? How are we gonna get it in the ground? Uh, get the biomass in the ground. I mean, the biomass was up above ground. Biomass was up over my shoulder. Um, no, we ended up uh, crimp rolling it and rotary hoeing it, which was not what I wanted to do initially. I would have preferred to mulch and disc behind that. Um, which leaves your soil less damaged, I think, just by turning the, the sod over to then decay and then the ripper in would have been enough of groundwork. It was that, it was that fine under most of the trials that um, that was possible to just uh, go in with the ripper and plant straight after that. And did that hold true? Was it... Was it harder to work with where the, after the mulcher had broken? Uh, yes. Yeah, right. So both growers agree that being part of the group accelerated the process of trying something new. But what about the trial itself? What did they learn and what will they change? Yuri Wolfert. Observations from early on, which was the, for before groundwork, was that the mix crop the underneath the ground was drier than our previous mixes which meant that we would be able to get onto our soil earlier however at the same time following on from that it's left our soil being able to not need a drink uh, for a day longer in between irrigations Something else that I've noticed was the um, we've spent less on fertiliser, actually. The, the key takeaways from this trial was that, that 
the soil moisture holding capacity oh, was being improved yep. and at the same time the workability of the ground was improved we, we've uh in the multi worked we spend a lot less time in the paddock in a time slot where i'm struggling for time i've gone more species again in my mix currently um, I'm in a little bit more challenging paddock this time, um, which has made me put uh, other deeper rooting uh, plants in the mix on a, on a rock bank. So uh, our machinery would break going down very deep in some parts of it. So trying to not have to go as deep but still doing the same job. I am actually going to be putting in a, a mix formulated from results I've seen from other people and results I've seen from in our paddock and in front of other crops. Uh, I'm actually going to do a small trial in front of the Brussels sprouts in a poor, poorer patch of the paddock and use very low amount of uh, nitrogen fixing plants because we don't want to overfeed them and um, use a lot of uh, deep rooting plants but no brassicas in the mix. So each of our heavy crops, which is only Brussels sprouts and potatoes, uh, um, I'll be looking at doing something in front of poppies maybe as well. In front of different crops, there's always things to different things to try so um have you got something you specific in mind your lifestyle in the meantime <sighs> and uh, improve your bottom line out of it as well that's uh that's a bonus and so a significant amount of learning and practice change going forward i mean this guy is an extension project's dream Let's hear again from Rebecca Addison about what she learned and may change in the future. I guess we're looking now at, uh, instead of using ryegrass before potatoes, looking at using a tick bean lupin mix because we found the soil under that was really was really nice. We're getting the nitrogen benefit. Um, it was quite easy to work in and it broke down very, very quickly, which is what we want. Um, we want to leave a living root there for as long as possible close to planting our potato crops. So usually we'd spray up, spray up our ryegrass you know, a few months before we're ready to prep the ground um, for potatoes. So this is a good way to leave a living root there for a lot longer. Uh, so that's what we're looking at going forward. The, the only issue around doing other species mixes, mixes currently, at least in Tasmania, I don't know about nationally, but is accessing the seed and then mixing the seed. You sort of have to do this all on site, all on your own. Mm. Um, and it can be pretty rudimentary in terms of, you know, just mixing it on a floor in the shed <laughs> or an old cement mixer. And I just find that's not really what farmers want to be doing. They just want to be getting on with what they do well and that's buying the seed often, putting it in and you know, getting going. So that is one limitation to making it happen at the moment. Um, but, yeah, we're definitely kind of expanding what we're doing with our cover cropping. It's important to note that these trials were not conducted in a scientifically rigorous way. 
but they have produced results. The growers have noticed better infiltration, trafficability, been able to keep a living root in the ground for longer, saved time and fertiliser, and had a cleaner harvest in a wet year. Much of the evidence is anecdotal, but it goes to show that, with a bit of support, on-farm change can happen fast. Yuri Wolfert's 9-hectare crop went 71 tonne to the hectare, and he used nearly 2 tonne less fertiliser overall. That's a great result for soil and also for Yuri and his family. I carried out soil visual assessments in Rebecca's plot trial, and it was clear to me that increased diversity in the cover was having a positive effect on soil structure and soil biology. Look for a link to a video of that process near where you found this podcast. These growers were already well on their way to practice change, and I'll leave you with a bit of advice from the both of them about places to start. Yeah, work out what you want to achieve and work back from that what plants are going to achieve those goals for you. I think it it makes sense. It's just a matter of working out how it's going to work for your farm and your system. And the only way to do that is kind of just to do your own trials in whatever capacity. It doesn't have to be as, you know, as intensely as we did it with the, the checkerboard sort of style, but that's a good way to get an idea of what species you want to look for, um, what rates you need to be planting them at. But, I mean, all you have to do is, you know, a few strips of, of some different mixes and just see how it goes. It's, it's just one of those things you've just got to get started. Thank you so much to Rebecca Addison and Yuri Wolfert, to Landcare Tasmania and the Tasmanian Landcare Fund, and to Soil First Tasmania. Soil Wealth and Integrated Crop Protection has been funded by Hort Innovation using the Vegetable Research and Development Levy and funds from the Australian Government. I am Teresa Chapman from RMCG. Behind me is a Dyson Stringer Cloer track. And check out soilwealth.com.au for heaps of amazing resources. Thank you.